Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Come to share the word this morning. Thank you, Peter. Wow. Great to be in the house of God. Great to have some more rain coming. Isn't everything just grows so quick? I planted out some grass last week and forgot to water it. And I got back from the Gold Coast. I had to do a funeral on Friday. And it was just about dead. We had two mills overnight and all of a sudden it's all green. I thought, well, just a tiny little bit is all it takes. It's a bit like us. When we come into the presence of God, we just need a few moments and our life changes. We can be so busy, drained, challenged, just trying to keep up with life. But a few moments in His presence, all of a sudden everything changes. And as we were worshipping... I, I saw in my spirit a picture of Jesus walking up to some of us today with open arms and open heart, just wanting to bless us. And his eyes were full of love. And I saw, to my surprise, a few of us pull back, turn away or bow down our heads out of, I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough or, God, I haven't spent any time with you this week, so why would you come with open arms and eyes of love when I, I really haven't probably kept you first like I could have or should have. But I just saw Jesus keep walking. He didn't turn away or pull back because you just took a moment of trying to work out where this fitted. He just kept walking and you felt his presence and you looked up and you saw his eyes that were on fire with love for you. And your heart melted and came alive. And instead of bowed down in shame, I saw you lift up your face just saying, Lord, I'm not worthy, but I respond to your love. Just reach up to heaven for a moment. Why don't you lift your face to heaven right now? You might have come in here a bit bowed down or overwhelmed or thinking, well, where's this all fit? But I just see Jesus with eyes full of love saying, come, open your heart. Don't pull back. Don't be afraid. Let my love touches just like those few drops of rain last night brought that grass alive let your spirit just be alive right now for some of you walked in here just ready to praise but right now lord i just pray for every one of us that we would our faces would shine with your love lord our hearts would just be alive with your presence because you keep walking towards us when we're not quite sure how to respond, you just keep loving us. Oh, Lord, lift off the heavy burdens. Lord, help us to look into your eyes and heart and see that it's pure love and that you're more than enough. And I thank you now, Lord, for just bringing life to our spirits. Oh, God, lifting our eyes so that we look and lift our face to you right now. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk in the Spirit. Lord, I just thank you right now for your living word touching our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats. Isn't God good? He's so, so good. Marilyn's recovering from the flu. We had to go to Gold Coast for a, a large funeral on Friday. I had to take a funeral with over 500 people there. It was young guy who used to be in our church here um, a little bit, then moved away for study years ago, and his family is still here. Um, Boomer Day Day, and he uh, was found dead the week before, 26-year-old. And so there were hundreds of young people there, and I just had an opportunity to share the love of Jesus into broken hearts. 
and uh, keep praying for the family for God's grace. Today is home for the harvest offering day and I just get excited when I think about how awesome God is and he's blessed us and I want to share a, a, a story with you to start with. In my glasses, I didn't get to the photocopy to enlarge it. I just photocopied a book. It's out of the blessed life. And some of you have heard this story and some haven't. But it touches my heart every time I read it. And uh, it's written uh, in the book, The Blessed Life, by uh, Robert Morris, the series that we did last year. And some of you have read the story, but I was stirred again this week and I was reminded of it. And he was on a missions trip to Costa Rica to preach at a Bible school. And he discovered that every Friday at this Bible school, they have what they call Bless Another Day. That's a good day to have, isn't it? A day in which students were encouraged to give to others. There's the Bible college students in a third world country where they didn't have much. I heard about a student at the school who had no money and worked in the fields of a peanut farmer to pay his tuition at the Bible college. He went to the farmer and said, I'm wondering if you would withhold from my wages the price of one peanut. One peanut, that's all he could, he could believe for. So that I may have it to give to someone on bless another day. Keep in mind how easy it would have been for this young man simply to pocket a peanut or two as he worked in the fields. God will bless people of integrity. The farmer agreed. So every Friday, this student would bring one peanut to school, to the Bible school and give it to a student in his class. Not surprisingly, God began to bless this young man who had an unselfish liberal heart. Before long, he wasn't giving only peanuts on Bless Another Day. He was giving money. By the end of semester, he was buying pencils and other school supplies for the poorest students. By the end of that year, God had blessed him so much that he was pay, able to pay a year's tuition for another student. And by the time he graduated, he was paying the tuition of 10 other students besides himself. Within a few years of graduating from Bible school, he bought the peanut farm where he used to work and was covering the cost of tuition for scores of students who otherwise would not have been able to afford to attend. And it all started because God did a work in his heart. He gave when all he could give was a peanut. The issue is not the amount we give. The issue is the motive behind our giving. Does God bless givers? Absolutely. But those promises of blessing are given not to entice us, but to free us from the fear and grief that keeps so many believers from turning loose and giving. Yes, when you give, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your lap. God pours blessings on givers, and he does it so they can continue to give even more to his kingdom. But it takes a heart transplant. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound like fun, does it? A heart transplant. And here's the final statement. When we come to the place where we give simply because we have an unselfish, liberal heart, of gratitude towards God, we will be well on the road to the blessed life. Wow. Don't forget the peanut story. One little thing. Poor Bible college student just wanted to sow something. And as we come today to our home for the harvest, some of you come and say, well, God's blessed me and I want to sow this in. Others come and say, I've got little or nothing to give. And this is not to pressure us to give. I just want to do some teaching for a few moments on the blessing and the provision that comes for the vision. When there's a vision, God will always make ways for provision. 
Now, for those who are English students, provision is two words, pro and vision. And for those who studied their prefixes, pro means for. Hello, there's one English teacher in this. I remember learning my prefixes. Pro means for. So the word provision is actually resources for the vision. That's what the word provision means. And that can be for your own life. You can be saving up to study at university or you can be saving up to uh, give a gift or you can be saving up to support a missionary. You can be saving up for whatever. When you've got a vision and you trust God and you do life his way, guess what? He will start to make ways for provision to come for the vision that God's given us. It works corporately in a church. So God's given us an amazing vision over these last years to impact our city and transform it and see hundreds and then thousands of people transformed in this city and our region and beyond. And so as the vision grows, God makes ways for the provision for the vision to be fulfilled. And that's the key thought I want to talk about today, that when when God gives you a vision for your own life or for our church or for a ministry, then God makes ways to bring provision for your life, to bring it to pass. And as we are good stewards of what God has given us, I like the three T's, time, talent, and treasure. That's easy to remember, isn't it? Time, talent, and treasure. And as we just make sure, like that Bible college students, thinking of someone else, just not our own needs. Just reach out and say, I want to help someone else. And when we're in church, we just want to bless someone else. We want to bless the kingdom of God. We're looking at ways to resource the kingdom of God. So vision, provision, and then you've got a choice what decision you make of whether you're part of the provision or whether you're going to just sit back and watch. In a football game, there's 22 or 26 or... 30 players or 36 players, depending on what sort of football you play, they're on the ground. There's a few coaches and others running around, and then everyone else is sitting in the stands watching. And some of them know the rules better than the umpire, and uh, we know how it all goes. <laughs> we get a lot of spectators in life. But hey, how much more exciting is it when you're actually in the game and you win? And serving God is a bit like that. There's a joy, and there's fulfillment, and there's rewards of being in the, in the game. So vision, provision, and a decision to partner with that vision is what we're doing as a church. And that makes the journey so exciting. And partnering is by faith, by our prayers, by inviting people to come, by serving on teams, and by sowing our resource and finance. We partner with what God has given us here, and it's always great to partner with something that's alive and bigger than you. That's how awesome it is to be a part of what God's doing. So you are blessed to be a blessing. Wow. Whether it's a Bible college student, finding one peanut to bless someone with, whether it's finding enough money to shout someone a meal, whatever it is. I was at the supermarket the other day just grabbing a few things before we had head off the Gold Coast, and someone in the church was just gone through the checkout, and I said a quick hello, and as they walked past, they slipped me $20, and I'm saying, what's that for? They just waved and said, just to bless you, and they walked off, and I thought, wow, I love doing that to others, so occasionally God does it to surprise me, and it's great when you sow, there is a 
a, a reward and a, a blessing and an overflow that comes in. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 12. Well-known passage, but I just want to grab a couple of keys that will help you in the journey of life. Remember this. In other words, it's important. In other words, it's easy to forget. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, this is a principle of life, not just money. It's about kindness. It's about attitudes. It's about caring. It's about sharing. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. (coughs) What an amazing passage of Scripture. The Apostle Paul's writing to Corinthians. And they were sowing generously to help the Christians um, back in uh, Jerusalem where there was a famine going on. So they were sowing and blessing and helping someone else in need. Verses 7 and 8 in the Amplified says, Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. Wow, that's a beautiful thought, isn't it? Your heart is in your gift. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. Being completely self-sufficient in Him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Wow. Some of you are thinking, is that possible? Well, the Word of God says it can and is. And I know there are seasons in life, but let's live and trust and believe His Word. The message of verse 10 and 11 says, This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. Wow, that's a powerful thought. Some of us think, well, God just gives me enough to get by. And years ago, God challenged me, do you serve the God of enough? Do you serve the God of not enough? Or do you serve the God of more than enough? And that's with grace, with forgiveness, with hope, with provision. And really our attitude towards God will often determine a lot as to how we live and what we receive. So he's the God of more than enough. It says he's extravagant. Wow, you see it in nature. There are trees everywhere. There, there are tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of different sorts of flowers and fruit and, and animals and birds. I think, wow, you're an extravagant God. And that's his nature. And it goes on and says, we'll just find here. He gives you something you can then give away which grows into well, full-formed lives, robust in God, 
wealthy in every way so that you can be generous in, in every way, producing fruit, but producing with us great praise to God. So when we give to God, it brings praise to God. We don't just praise Him by our singing. Our giving brings praise to God. A quick look at that uh, passage, <coughs> and we see a couple of key points. Number one, you reap in proportion to how much you sow. That's the amount. If you go and put $100 in the bank, and at the end of the financial year, you say, well, how much interest have I earned on my $1,000? And they look at you and say, you only put 100 I was hoping it would have grown to 1000 I was hoping someone else would have put 900 in there. They'd look at you and say, you're crazy. We'll give you interest on your $100. These days, it's about 33 cents or something. It's not much, is it? <laughs> With interest rates so low. But you, you get back according to the amount you sowed. You have one of these sugarcane farmers, and, and he, he just plants about 15 stalks of cane in a paddock of 40 hectares and he goes out and expects the whole paddock to be full of sugar cane, no, he'll have 15 stalks of cane growing and he can yell and curse God and yell at anyone and says, why didn't it grow? Well, turkey, you didn't plant the whole field. You only planted 15. And yet some of us get angry at God saying, why don't you meet my needs? He says, well, what did you give me to work with? What did you give me to work with? And that's why he challenges us to give our time, talent, and treasure so that he's got something to work with and increase. And I know God's an amazing, gracious God, and sometimes we've sown very little, and he still blesses abundantly just to get our attention. Just like little children, they don't know how to give much, and yet as parents, we still buy them extravagant gifts for their birthdays and for their... uh, Christmas and whatever else. And if you're a grandparent, well, you just buy extravagant gifts every week regardless of whether it's a special event. How does that work, you know? They're not sowing much back. They don't know how to. So God in His grace said, I'll just surprise us. He's just an amazing God. But there's a principle of sowing and reaping. So we understand that. And that's by what we sow in. Secondly, it says, give from the heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Don't feel pressured. Let it come from out. Our Home for the Harvest offering is a free will offering that people can choose to be a part of or not. That's all of our choice, not under compulsion. God touches our heart and we sow. I was lying in bed last night, tired after a couple of busy days, and I was just about to go to sleep, and all of a sudden my spirit got really excited. Then I couldn't sleep. I said, what am I excited about? And it was like I wasn't excited about anything particular, but my spirit started jumping inside of me. Has that ever happened to you or am I a bit crazy? I just felt this and I get it when I'm worshipping or praise, praising, but it was, I was just about to go to sleep. My spirit just came so alive. I thought, what's happening? And then I realized our home for the harvest offering is in and Marilyn and I had been praying and setting some money aside and said, today we're going to sow it in. It was like my spirit said, you're going to sow. Let's see what God's going to do. And my spirit was so excited about it, couldn't wait to get to church here this morning. I thought... How does that work? That's your mind thing. What? You're giving money away and you're getting excited about it. Well, because I know God's ways and principles and I just, my spirit was so alive I couldn't go to sleep for a while because I was excited about coming and sowing. Some of you look at me and saying, you're crazy. No, I'm not. I've learned to live the life of faith. I learned that God's word works. And, and there's great joy in giving. Sometimes it's a painful offering. Jeremy shared on Sunday night about giving. He said, occasionally God will test you. And he says, occasionally he'll test you and he'll get you to do a painful sacrificial offering that's not all joyous right then, but you know it's obedience. 
wherever we were at, God says, have a right heart. Thirdly, an attitude of cheerful, joyful giving. And I've watched parents giving their kids presents at Christmas time or birthdays. Wow, there's so much joy. So much joy. And even if the kids pull out the present and then play with the box for the next three hours, it doesn't really matter, you know. It's, it's just the joy of sowing and giving. If something happens when we give a gift to our spouse or someone, a special friend or a loved one. There's something happens because there's joy. There's an attitude of, wow, I just want to love you and express it and bless you. That's what we do every Sunday when we come to worship God. We're giving him our best praise. We're giving him our love and appreciation. And that's why it's great joy comes when we sow. God also says he will bless us abundantly. He says he'll become extravagant. He'll pour out so much you can't keep up with it. Somebody's saying, boy, I wish I had a life like that. Hey, if you if we walk God's ways, there will be seasons where you will not be able to keep up. Like Peter in the boat, they're throwing the fish back. Mate, I need to come fishing with Peter again because my experience of fishing, when I throw a line in and got no idea what bait and where, when and how, I get nothing or some bony, scrawny thing that's too small and you've got to throw it back. <laughs> I remember one of my first fishing trips with our kids at Tawanton when they were only small. I'd, I'd, my dad wasn't a fisherman. We lived in the bush, so I wasn't trained in fishing. So we bought the little rods and we're fishing off the end of this pier. And we finally caught something about this long and it was wriggling and I think it was okay to keep. And the kids were so excited. They were about four or five, Tim and Stephen. And we put it in and then we're catching some more. And next minute... This pelican comes along and lands on the pier and eats the fish that they'd caught. <laughs> they were so upset. So was I. The only fish we caught all day, the pelican ate it. <laughs> Didn't even get a photo of it. I'm thinking. <laughs> and sometimes life can be like that. It's like the things you have seem to get stolen from you. And the enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy. But let me tell you, if you keep honoring God, God's an extravagant God, and he will pour out blessings. So we learned to put a lid on the bucket after that whenever we did catch another fish, which wasn't very often. God's a God who blesses the bunny. And God gives us resources to sow to give and resources to meet our needs. He said he will give seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Wow, now this is a really powerful truth that a lot of people don't get. You've got to learn by God's grace when he provides for you, what is seed to sow and what is food to eat? Because if you eat your seed, you've got nothing to sow next year. A whole lot of people get upset at God and say, what happened? Your, your promises don't work. This is where a lot of people get upset. They miss this, that God gives you seed to sow. And giving your tithes to God every week is honoring God and sowing offerings, whether it's to a our building fund or to missions or to uh, the poor and needy. When you sow offerings, you are sowing seed that God will bless and increase. You've got to understand how God's principles work. If you don't sow our tithes and offerings, we leave ourselves vulnerable for the pelican to come and steal. Because when we give our tithes to God, it brings blessing over the 90%. And then out of the 90, from time to time you sow seeds, you sow offerings... And that's often what God will bless and multiply. You can read right through the scripture, and that's how it works. 
I've proved it over 40 years of life and ministry. It's how it works. God in his grace will sometimes provide when we haven't done it his way because we haven't understood or we're in a season of just not having much. God knows how it works. He's a gracious God. But let me tell you, the people who are blessed and flow in abundance often have grabbed a hold of this and just live it as second nature. And that's why there's overflow. Don't get angry or jealous, Adam. Sometimes God's touched their heart to be a provider for the kingdom. I shared two weeks ago on that. Others of us just faithfully sow and live a blessed life and don't have truckloads of resource or money. Hey, when you've got lots, there's a lot of responsibility with it. It's a lot of pressure. I'd love to have lots of money and run a business with 100 employees. God bless you. A lot of challenges trying to organize and lead 100 people, eh? <laughs> so there's rewards for responsibility. There are different gifts that will multiply, and some are contributors that just whatever they touch seems to multiply. If those who learn that sow it into the kingdom of God and do it God's way, they will have increase and overflow. So wherever we are, let's realize that God's our provider. Learn, and if you don't know, ask the Holy Spirit, say, what is seed and what is provision for me and my family and our life? If we get that, you'll find a lot more balance will come to your finances and to your world. God is our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. One of the Hebrew names for God is Jehovah Jireh, which means God is our provider. How many of us have found that at times where God's just blessed us beyond our own faith level, beyond our own consistency, obedience level, God just is our provider. He's just an amazing, amazing God. And the last point there, it says, he will increase your store of seed to sow and will enlarge the harvest of our righteousness so that you can be generous on every occasion. Wouldn't that be awesome that you had more than enough to bless everyone that God stirred you to help? Mate, I long for the day when I had more than enough to be able to help everyone that God stirred my heart to help. Whether it's just shouting someone a meal, whether it's offering them a ride, whether it's filling up their car with petrol, whether it's buying a book for them that they want or need or helping them in a time. Wouldn't that be awesome just to have the overflow to that level? That's how we want to live and how our church wants to live. As more of us learn his principles, I believe God's going to increase the flow and the overflow. It says, if you do it God's way, he will open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you won't be able to contain it. The overflowing boats or fish. God wants to have for our lives. Second Corinthians 8, 7 and 9, a couple more scriptures today. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. God actually calls giving a grace. So he wants us to excel in faith, in our speech, our words. Wow, that can have a whole bearing on how we live life. In knowledge, keep growing with wisdom and study and understanding. In complete earnestness and in love, see that you excel in the grace of giving. If you've been brought up in a home where it was really tight and there was a poverty mindset or just things were always stolen, it seemed almost like there was a curse of stuff being stolen and lost in your life or household, I want you to cry out to God and say, God, give me the grace of giving. Lord, give me a grace in my life that I can learn to not hold on to, but I can learn to share. 
to give, to release. Whether you got little or much, it's not the amount, it's the heart attitude that God wants to increase and teach us. 2 Corinthians 8, 12 says, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. According to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Wow, when we come to free will offering today, some of you got stirred already and you know how much you want to sow in or you've got a pledge form there and say, I don't have much cash now, but over the next six months, I'm going to believe to be put in $50 a month in the home for the harvest. Whatever your faith level is or what you can believe for, as you step out in that, God says, hey, that's awesome. It's what you have, not what you don't have. But God wants you to set those faith goals. It goes on and says, our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality. As it is written, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. So there are times when you've got more and you can bless, and there are other times when someone else is helping you when you're in a journey of need. That's how the kingdom of God works when we belong together. Remember, it's about people, not about things. When you honor God, you end up loving people and using things. Before you're a Christian, or when you're not walking right with God, or you're letting fear rule your life, guess what happens? You start loving things and using people. How many of us have been damaged or we've damaged others because we've got into the trap of loving things or possessions and we've used people to get them. When we surrender to Jesus, he changes that around. He starts to change us so that we love people and we learn to use things to buy food and provide and all the stuff that we do in life. That's what Jesus does. He turns our hearts so that we love people and use things. If you realize that you've struggled in that area, I want to pray today that God's grace will help us to be overcomers. And so building this home for the harvest is not about having a big building. It's a lot of extra pressure and work. I'd love to stay here, but God says, no, build something bigger because I want to bring hundreds more people. And don't let the size of the shoe determine how big the foot grows. I remember when I was a kid, we were on a farm and we had a drought and there were six kids, and I know mum and dad provided as well as they could. They grew little their own food, but there was very little left this one year for, for clothes and, and all the extras. And I remember as a little child, about six or seven, I didn't tell them that my feet were growing and my shoes were really getting tight because I knew they didn't have any money. And in my way of trying to help the family, I didn't tell them my shoes had really gotten tight. And it went on for about six or 12 months, and one day my mum realised what was happening and they somehow found a way to get me a bit larger pair of shoes. But I actually got a couple of crooked toes out of that that are still crooked today because I was thought I was helping, but I was actually hindering my development and growth. I thought, wow, we can all get that way. Hey, just holding back and just playing it safe. But faith is stretching out and saying, God, make a way so we can have bigger shoes for our feet to grow. We can have bigger facilities, more ministries so that we can touch our schools and our community and our families. And that's how I've had to learn to break that small mindset that was over me. It wasn't my mum and dad's fault. It was just the dynamic that I grew up in. And God's had to regularly teach me. So every now and then he just challenges me 
to sow more. Now, I remember a couple of years ago when I was in Planet Shakers, and God gave a very powerful prophetic word, which I've shared with you, that was just so powerful that God was going to um, overflow and got called out in front of 5,000 people and prophesied that God was going to bring great release and miracles and increase and overflow. And I, I was just so impacted. And then immediately the Holy Spirit said, I want you to sow a seed offering tonight in the offering. I'm at a conference. We were renovating the building here. We were renovating at home. I had no spare cash. But it was very clear the Holy Spirit challenged me, I want you to sow a seed offering tonight. It wasn't like centered a few weeks' time. I'm thinking, God, I have very little left right now. This is two years ago. But I knew I had to obey. It was like it was a test of obedience. It wasn't about the money. It was about the obedience because God wanted to check my heart whether I was still playing it safe or I was willing to step out and just be available for whatever God wanted to do. So in my mind, I said, okay, I'm just thinking this is all happening within a few seconds. I agreed on a mount. I said, Lord, that's going to be a stretch, but I'm going to do it. I want to be a man of faith. Immediately, the Holy Spirit said, double it. <laughs> I'm thinking, God, I was stretching to even think that amount, and he said, double it. So for a few seconds, I'm wrestling with God saying, Lord, you know we're renovating the house. We're renovating our church. He said, double it. Immediately I said yes. And it wasn't thousands, it was only hundreds of dollars, but for me right then, that was a real stretch. As soon as I said yes, the Holy Spirit then downloaded to me the vision of breakthrough that was going to come. I'd had the prophetic word when I said yes to the offering, a seed offering. He then downloaded, he says, because you've been willing to obey I'm going to release $4 million for your next building. I'm going to release 4,000 souls in this city. And I'm going to release 400 notable miracles in the coming years in, in this church and this community. And by now, I am totally undone and overcome. But it was interesting, the journey. The word of the Lord came. God then challenged my heart whether I was willing to step out in faith and give what I didn't have easily then he said, double it, almost like a test of faith. Am I willing to stretch out and believe for the enormity of what God wants to do? And when I said yes, then he gave me the detail of what he wanted to show. I thought, wow. Now, that was my journey. I'm not saying God does that with all of us, but there's been several times in my journey where God's promised me things and he'll challenge me to step out and do. And sometimes it's about obedience and often it's about money and sometimes it's about things. Lend someone your car. Oh, they're not a really good driver, Lord. You, know, you go through the whole thing. says, no, just do what I tell you. And if you're obedient, there's a freedom that comes in our hearts, in our lives. A couple more scriptures and then I'm just gonna, we're going to take time to take up the offering. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Philippians 4.11. I know what it is to be in need and how to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Be generous with what you have in good seasons of plenty and in the challenging seasons of need. Remember the peanut blessing. Poor Bible student got blessed. One more scripture, John 12, 3 says, Then Mary took a, a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair.
and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Guess what? When she did that, she walked out of that house smelling the same as Jesus because she gave what the Holy Spirit challenge that had given. It was beyond what she thought she should give. The disciples paid her out and says, well, we could have sold that and given it to the poor, said by Judas, who was a thief and ripping off the purse. He wanted more money in there so he could steal more. Wow. When you give as God leads us, you will start to smell and look a bit more like Jesus because that's his heart and nature. Wow. When I saw that a while ago, I thought that is so, so powerful. So today, vision, provision, and decision to partner with that blessing. I just want to pray a prayer, and then we're going to look at a couple of figures and uh, just an update on what's happening with the Home for the Harvest. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your breakthroughs. Lord, I thank you for your anointing over our lives. I pray for each one, Lord, in this journey of faith, in this journey of trust, in this journey of breakthrough. Holy Spirit, Lord, let your breakthroughs happen over our lives. Lord, I thank you for your provision, for the vision, for your breakthroughs over our lives individually and corporately. God, let faith stir in our hearts. Lord, let us be men and women of faith. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's look up at the screen. I just want to look at a... uh, couple of things we've got a plan of our new uh, building this is just a a site plan it's a bit hard to see but uh, um, it's the existing building we renovated two years ago and our new building is going to be beside it out here where our offices are the house that's going to get knocked down that'll be the middle of our new auditorium out there and uh, so God's basically will knock down the old kids hall and build a new facility there for our child care center and for um and tiny tots this will become our chapel our youth and kids hall which is already multi-purpose so that's our goal that god wants us to do that what else we got there deb we've got some figures okay this is just a snapshot of what god has blessed us within our church accounts right today on friday our general accounts got forty-eight thousand. that's lots of money but it costs us about fourteen thousand a week to live and function and uh you generously give that in our tithes and offerings every week. Our cash reserve account, that's an account we've been building up and setting aside so that we've got a reserve. So if there's any major issues happen or we need some extra resource, we're putting money into that. Our expansion account, our leave account, um, the 45000 is for long service leave and uh, um, all those sorts of things uh, that you just got to be good stewards for. So that's to cover for staff. And... Uh, our vacation care account, money comes through that. Our property fund and our home for the harvest building fund. And so all up, God's blessed us with $160,000, even though most of it is designated funds for various things. So I just want to let you know, God's blessed us. We're not a church that's in need or poor, but we're stepping up to do lots more. And that's, that's because many of you have caught the principles of what I've been talking about. Let's look at our home for the harvest summary. Just over the last 12 months, from since our last Home for the Harvest offering 12 months ago, um, just some of the charges. We've had a loan on the renovations that we took out here two years ago, and there was interest of 15000 We did some improvements to some doors and that in our ready room, $17,500. Um, we got donations. We rent out our ready room for some training organizations. So the money that comes from that, we help put in there to help pay off our loan. Donations received $97,000 
in the last 12 months just for our home for the harvest. This is not missions and this is not tithes and offers. This is what you have given by faith. And then we also put $2,000 a week aside from our normal operating budget um, for our tithes and offerings, which goes, so that's 104000 So well over 200000 We've paid off $200,000 off our loan in the last 12 months. Let's give praise to God for that. That is awesome. Woo! And our loan that we took out for $450,000, we only owe $190,000. And we only took it out two years ago. So we've paid $260,000 in uh, well under two years. And uh, we also had uh, extra funds when we uh, built this church. We'd save some up. So I'm believing that this year we can pay off that 190000 to clear our debt. And so then we can start planning for the next stage. We've already done all the plans. We've got our DA and everything through. We're getting extension through council. We had our first project management team. We've set up a project team, which is some of the uh, church board and then some of the uh, um, men and women in our church that have got building skills or planning skills or have built projects of uh, millions of dollars. Jeremy and Russell Bates are on the team and they've built a $6 million complex down here for their the dealership and so we've got people on board that have built bigger projects than what we're going to build so God's adding the right people into everything. here's just a little thing if we power of partnership doing together what we can't do alone our new facilities are going to cost somewhere between three and four million dollars you say wow that's a whole lot of money when you start to add it up many of us have got homes that are worth three or four or five hundred thousand so it's only eight $500,000 homes, that's all it is. So you've got to just break it down and think realistically. Don't get boggled by the figures. Over the last years, I honor the faith of this church. 37 years ago, there were some people built this building 37 years ago. And it was probably four times the size of what they needed. There was less than 100 people in this church then. They took some amazing steps of faith 37 years ago. Eight and a half years ago, we bought the land across the road. 870000 It was over nine hundred. We took GST of $870,000. We paid that off in four and a half years, which was an amazing miracle of God. Like I said, we took the loan out on this and we, pay, we spent between six and seven hundred, about $700,000 on renovating all this and building new toilets and extensions. Only two years ago, we only owe 190000 For a church our size, that is a miracle of God's grace. Let's give him praise. That is just so amazing. So amazing. Some of you today have come and you're prepared and you've got some money that you want to put in and you can give cash or checks in the offering. You can do FPOS at the thing. There is a pledge form on your seat where you can put credit card numbers or you can say, hey, I don't have a pile of spare money, but I'd love to believe to sew in 20 or 50 or $100 a month between now and the end of the year or maybe for the next 12 months. And that's something that you can pray about and so in. Some of you have already come prepared. We've already started them coming in the last couple of weeks already. People have been filling them in. And I just think, God, you're so amazing. Remember, it's not about money only. It's about the heart and it's about the harvest. Because that's why it's called Home for the Harvest. It's about people providing for them. And I think because we've kept a heart on our community and evangelism and reaching people, across our schools and our community and missions overseas, I believe God continues to release his faith and provision to us as a church. But to move the next level, we're going to have, some of us are going to have to step up to another 
whole level because we can't afford to borrow three and a half or four million dollars. And I'm believing the next 12 months, God's going to stir some people's hearts to give significant amounts. You say, well, I can't give anymore. That's okay. God will have some who can or he'll bring them in or he'll provide. We talked with Don McDonnell when he was here. They moved into a, they need to buy this amazing complex. God put on his heart the name of a business guy. He rang 10 times. He wasn't even a Christian. That God said he's going to give. Eventually, after 10 phone calls, he gave a million dollars to their building fund. He wasn't a Christian, but he got saved as a result of that because God, the last night, this guy wasn't a Christian. He was threatening to put the police onto Don. But God had spoken to his heart and he, said, and he rang up the next morning. His wife had a dream that night and said, he's going to come to this hotel. He's going to ring in the morning. He'll be there. This is the hotel he'll meet you at and he'll give you the million dollars. The next morning, this guy rings at eight o'clock and says exactly that and says, I don't know. I don't believe in your God, but he wouldn't let me sleep all night and I'm coming to give you the million dollars. I thought, that's exactly how it happened about seven or eight years ago. I thought, God, I'm not sure if I've got that sort of audacious faith, but I'm willing to just do what you tell us to do. And while I was praying this week, this is, I, I'm not a manipulator. I've worked in a bank. I'm just a very honest pastor. I'm not a financier, but I understand principles. That's why we walk with wisdom. We don't go and do ridiculous things. We're not going to launch into a building program that we don't have the resources for. We're going to believe God to help us get there. I'd love to start building the second half of next year. I'd really love to do it. But it's going to depend on finances and resource, what we can, what people give and what we can responsibly afford to borrow and all that. So be at rest. We're not going to do dumb stuff, but we are going to keep taking steps of faith just like we have. And God's been good with us. So be assured we're a people of faith, but we're also good stewards. And we plan well, and we're going to do all of that well. And God's raising up people that are going to help us. But it's, it's good soil to sow in. But God spoke to my heart, and He said, "I'm going to touch some people's hearts that are going to be able to be give at least twenty five thousand dollars." And I'm thinking, "Wow!" There's several others that are going to give ten thousand. And I don't say that to manipulate you. This is just what God spoke to my heart. And if I, if that's true, you, He'll already be speaking to you before I speak it. That's that's when you'll know it's God. Because I'm not a manipulator. I've just, I don't, I hate that stuff. I'm just a man of God who loves to live according to God's word. And there'll be others who will sow $100 in it and that'll be a great sacrifice and you'll get great overflow in your life. There's some right now can't give anything. That's okay. God's grace will touch your heart and you'll be faithful just sowing your lives and your talent. There's been times where I've had little money so I just give extra time and serve with my talent. And I just care for people. Whatever it is, God has ways of blessing and multiplying. So I want to encourage you. We're people of faith. One more scripture. Jeremiah 29, 7 says, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you will, you too will prosper. Wow. So it's not just about us building the church. but This is about blessing our city. 37 years ago, some people here built for the next couple of generations. We're going to build for this generation and for the generations to come. I've talked with people in the council and uh, in business, and they're excited about us doing this. They said, hey, we need facilities like that in our city. They're excited, so I believe God's going to touch some of them heart, their hearts to help us. I just believe. I just know God's got ways. So don't be swamped by the figures. Just be obedient to what God stirs our heart to give. And let's see what God will do, which we've already seen. I've shown you a quick snapshot of how for a church our size, we've seen amazing 
breakthroughs and blessing. And in the process, more people come to Christ, provision flows, transformation happens. And oh, what a joy it is when you grow in faith. When you grow in faith. Because I've realized he owns everything. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I remember Al Fury coming many years ago and preached this word. He says, if you build God's house, he'll help you build your house. And I've found that's true. Whenever I've helped build God's house, in all sorts of ways, I've found God's blessing and he helps build our home, our house, our lives. It's just a principle that God works. Why don't we stand together? Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. 